All right, y'all, we'll say good morning. Let us begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning. Sure, to thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Nissan. To thank Jerry and Abby Applebaum for dedicating all the Sherman Joshua's this month in memory of Basia Baschaim and David Ben Avram. To thank Drs. Paul and Linda Weinberg for dedicating the Shurim this month in memory of Mordechai Yoshua. Ben Paris, Moshe, Valeria, Miriam, to thank Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating the Shurim this month, for Donna Baker Matson, Stephen Terizin for dedicating the Shurim this month with gratitude to Hashem for their grandson, Bunim Tzvi Hirsch, Naftali Tilson for dedicating the Shurim this month with Akar Satov to his friend Benjamin Wall and with wishes of Echad Kasher V'Samech to the entire Shir. Avram Shandy Kelman for dedicating the Shurim this month commemoration of the yard site of Sarah Braina Bas Yoshua Heschel. We hope that on the merit of our talent. Oh, and I'm sorry, today's Dafyomi sponsor, Richard and Judy Noodleman, in memory of Tammy Schwartz, Judy's mother, whose Leviah is today. You know, we're going to have an Ali on the family, we have an Achama. So with that, let us begin. So today's daf is Lamed Ches. Today's daf is Lamed Ches. Sorry. Today's daf is Lamed Ches. We are picking up. We have a lot to do today. So we are picking up Amir Hashem on Lamed Zayin Amid Beis. And we left off, we left off right before the lines get wide. Tana, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Omer. So it is four lines before the lines get wide on the daf. So Tana, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Omer. Lo Yisa Adam Ishto Vedaito Lagarsha. A person should not go ahead and marry a woman with the intention of divorcing her. In other words, that when a person goes ahead and commits to a marriage, he should remain committed to that particular relationship. Because the Pasuk says, The Pasuk says, actually quite a, quite a beautiful Pasuk in Mishlei. Literally, again, do not go ahead and come up. Tachosh means like plow, but do not create, right? Do not plow, do not plan negative things against your friend, and he sits securely with you. So the idea is, again, in this particular context, if you marry someone, and again, that marriage comes with the promise of continuity, that marriage comes with the promise of security, do not go ahead and undermine that security, ultimately by proactively planning to divorce that individual. Okay, incredible Gimara. So we'll say, so now we come to a number of very interesting cases here, where halacha l'maysa, we'll say in general, by the way, it's a beautiful yisod, because what it also speaks about is the nature of trust in relationships. When a person puts, if a person puts their trust in you for a relationship, don't betray that trust. Don't betray that trust. And in general, again, that's true on many different levels, and how careful we have to be with all of our relationships. Of course, it goes without saying marriage, but even otherwise, just to be an upstanding person in every relationship, people do things to us, say things to us that we don't like. And it's so easy to just react to that. But recognizing that when you're in a relationship, again, whichever relationship it might be, the most important thing that a person can bring to a relationship is a sense of continuity and security. See, even when the other party in the relationship does something you don't like, you don't have to respond in kind. An incredible yisod. So the Gemara goes right there. Safik the Yavam. So we'll say another very interesting cases here. Safik, so remember again, we're operating in the, in the general, the same cases that we've been deal, dealing with up until this point in time, which is Reuven and Shimon brothers. Reuven passes away. Reuven passes away. Leaves behind the wife, Rachel. Shimon does Yibum. Turns out that Rachel is pregnant. 
Now, the keys for focusing on that Rachel gives birth to a viable baby. What's the Shaila here? Is this a seventh-month baby for Ruvain or a nine-month baby for Shimon? Sorry, it's just the opposite, right? Is this a nine-month baby for Ruvain, the deceased brother, or a seven-month baby now for Shimon the Yavam? So, again, obviously that's a question we're not going to figure out. So the Mishnah tells us, ultimately, again, you know, Ruvain, Ru, sorry, Shimon and Rachel have to split, right? Because, again, it's a Suffolk Yibum, Suffolk Eishas Ach. They have to bring in Asham Talui, but the child, the child is 100% Kasha. Remember, again, like we saw yesterday's death, can even become the Kohen Gadol. Now we're going to deal with some very interesting cases over here about Yerusha, and about how to deal with Yerusha. So we'll say, now watch this. Suffolk Vyalam. So we'll say, the Suffolk, who we're referring to in this case, is the child born to Shimon and Rachel. He's called, we're going to call him, his name is Suffolk, right? Why is his name Suffolk? We're not sure. Again, is he Reuven's son or is he Shimon's son? Again, he's good to go either way. But Lamaise, he's a Suffolk. So Suffolk, so imagine the following case. Suffolk, Suffolk, and Shimon, surviving brother, come to divide up the estate of Reuven. So what happens? Suffolk Amr Anabar Misnahi, who, so first white line, the Suffolk says, I'm the son of Ruvain, so the estate is mine. The Yavam Amr, Shimon says, At Beroi Didi At, Velaslicha Velomidi Benichse. So what does Shimon say? Shimon says, You're my son. Because you're my son, what rights do you have in Ruvain's property? And the answer is, None at all. So the Yavam, Shimon is claiming the estate is totally mine. Suffolk is claiming the estate is totally mine. I'm the son of Ruvain. So what's the halacha? We'll say, Havimaman amotobu Suffolk, Umaman amotobu Suffolk, Hulkin. So we'll say there's a general principle that whenever you have Mamon hamutobu Suffolk, which means two claimants, right? Two people claiming the same money, and neither has a clearer claim, more decisive claim than the other, ultimately, again, you split it, right? We'll say this goes back to paradigmatic case, Shnayim Ochsim Betalis. Right, Zeomar Kula Shali, the Zeomar Kula Shali. What's Talaha? Yachloku. Yachloku. Again, whenever you have, whenever you have Mamon Hamutob Safik, and again, I will say, to be clear, the, the, if one party presents proof, that's something different. Here, they're both just lodging a claim with absolutely no way to back up their claim, both legitimate claims, Chalkin. Great. Next case. Safik Listen, listen to this case. In this case over here, Shimon passes away as well. Or Shimon passes away. Now, bef- now, before Shimon passed away, they never had a chance to divide up Ruvain's estate. Right? So what happened? So what happened? So therefore, again, now, the children of Shimon, let's say Ch- Shimon had other sons, right? The children of Shimon and Suffolk are coming to divide up the estate of Ruvain. So Suffolk, Amrahu, Gabra, Bar Misnuhu, so the Suffolk says, Reuben was my father, and therefore again the estate is mine. So the Gemara says, V'nichsei didehu, b'neyavam amri, at achinu at, umansohu de'islacha bahadon. And the brothers, right, the sons of Shimon say to Suffolk, what do they say to Suffolk? No, 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 you're our brother. You're our brother. You're Shimon's son. As such, we all share in the estate of Reuben equally. So what's the halacha? So it's really a fascinating case. So remember again, in this case, so Shimon, Shimon predeceases his children. And assuming he has Safek 
and we'll call it two other sons, two other sons. They never divided up the estate of Reuven. So Suffolk says, Reuven was my father, the estate is mine. The brothers, right, the, the sons of Shimon say, no, you're our brother, you're our brother. Our father inherited the estate and we all share in the estate equally. Let's say the three brothers, we all get one third of Reuven's estate. So the Imam wants to suggest, this is the Mishnah, what's the Mishnah? This is not. Who in the Yoresh also? Behem Yarshim also. So we'll say this is actually a, a similar case, but a little bit of a different kind of case. Where Allah Alamayim say again, you also have two groups of brothers, and again, it's not sure who one of the brothers belongs to. So the Gemara says he inherits them; they do not inherit him. To which the Gemara says, Here's a different kind of case. Hasam Amrile Aisi Rayevishakol. There they say, bring a raya that you're our brother and take your portion. Hacha Amrilehu Aisi Rayevishakolu. Here he tells them. Bring a raya and you're permitted to take. Armor, or you're permitted to take a portion. How can you compare it in the other case? Ultimately, again, they are a vada and he is a suffix. In both, in this case, however, everyone has a suffix claim. If you're going to compare this case to a Mishnah, that's the following case. So the Gemara says, Gufei. So we'll also listen to this case. It can be comparable to the following case. Safek ubnei yavam. Shebola. Supposed to listen to this case. In this case, Shimon passes away, and now what happens? We're going to see this case more explicitly. Now what happens? Safek and the other sons of Shimon come to go ahead and divide up Shimon's estate. The Hasam Amrilei. There, the brothers say to Safek. The sons say to Safek, "I see Raya da'achuna at v'shakol." Go ahead and bring a raya that you're our brother, and we'll give you a portion. Again, we're going to get into that case in just a moment. So I will say, so ultimately, again, I just want to point out over here, in all of these cases, in all of these cases, pretty much the halakha is going to follow the same line, which is what? Yachloku. We're going to split. Because remember, again, in all of these cases, everybody is lodging legitimate claims. And the truth is, there's no way to positively ascertain who is correct, Whenever you have mamon hamutal b'safek, you split it. You split it. To what's the next case? Safek ubenay yavam shavah lachlok b'nechsa yavam. Now we'll say this is what we just mentioned before. So remember, in this case over here, in this case over here, Shimon passes away. Shimon passes away. So I'll say, so let's just go back for just a moment. The, the prior step in this case is, remember, the previous case was that, remember, Reuven passed away, obviously, right? And again, Shimon did yibam with Rachel. Right, turns out that Rachel's pregnant. Rachel gave birth. We're not sure again. Is this Reuven's son, Shimon's son? Okay. Stage one is now again. We'll call. So now this kid's name is Safek. That's his name. Safek says to Shimon, right? They have to divide up Reuven's estate. So Safek says, "I'm Reuven's son." Shimon says, "Shimon says, you're my son." Right? Nafkamina is Safek saying, "Reuven's estate is mine." Shimon's saying, it's mine and you have no portion. Right? Again, what do we say in that case? What do I say in that case? Yachloku, split it. Okay, now both say, so keep that in mind. So now, Ruben's estate already has been, uh, what's the word, not disposed of. What's, there's a word. Distributed. distributed. Good, it's already been distributed. Right, so now again, how, how did the distribution work? Suffolk got half, Shimon got half. Good, now Shimon dies. Now Shimon dies. Now, there's, I just want to point out, by the way, just you see something amazing. Families having fights over inheritance is not a new thing. 
is not the new thing. It's existed for a very long time. Hey, Tzavos says, ultimately now what happens? Shimon passes away. Oh, so now watch this. Remember again, there are two parties now involved in Shimon's estate. Who are the two parties? There's Suffolk. There's Suffolk. And now Shimon also has what? We'll call Shimon has two other sons. Shimon has two other sons. So that's this case. Suffolk, or Bnei Yavam, Yavam. So Suffolk and the other sons of Shimon come to divide up Shimon's estate. So what happens? Listen to this. And again, as I mentioned before, this is already after Shimon and Suffolk divided up Ruvain's estate, right? They already walked through, each of them walked through with half of that estate. Watch this. So, this, so listen to this. So the brothers, the sons of Shimon, what do they say to Suffolk? What do they say to Suffolk? You don't have a portion in our father's estate. You're not our brother. Bring her, you're, you're Ruvain's kid. You're Ruvain's kid. And if you tell them that you're our brother, bring a raya, bring a proof. Otherwise, what right do you have to Shimon's estate? Listen to this, Rehosai. Get ready for this. I'm going to do No problem. No problem. Listen, if you're going to accept me as your brother, then give me a portion of Shimon's estate. Watch this, Rehosai. And by the way, if you see I'm Ruvain's kid, no problem. Give me back 50% of Ruvain's estate that your father took. Right? Incredible. This is great, no? So Suffolk says, listen guys, you want a tiny, I'm not your brother, that's fine. A little hurtful, I'm not going to lie. But, but, but that's fine. But that's fine. But then give me back my father's estate that I split with your father, Shimon. Give me back the 50% of Ruben's estate. Incredible, incredible. I will say, strong taina. So I will say, now this opens up a very interesting discussion, which is, remember, Shimon's, Ruben's estate has already been, there's a name for it. No, when you, when you, when not when you execute, when you, when you distribute, isn't there a legal term for this? this I don't know, okay, maybe not. Anyway, so I will say, see, well, here's what's interesting about this is, Ruben's estate has already been dealt with. Right? So now both say, what's going to be the fundamental Shiloh? Can you reopen, can you reopen that distribution? Can you, can you go back and reopen that? So both say, this is Machlokas. Rabbi Abba Amarav, Kamdino. Rabbi Abba says, no. Rabbi Abba says, no. Rabbi Abba says, Kamdino. I feel like you're Rashi. Kamdino. It's almost right across from Rashi. Akhir Shinas Adin B'Nich Seameis. At the end of the day, once the case is adjudicated, it's adjudicated. Kamdina means we don't go back and reopen cases. Right? We, do, we, don't, we don't go back, and sometimes we do. Again, in the distribution of an estate, once it's done, it's done. Kamdina. We do not go back and re-examine it. Rabbi Yirmiya Amar Hadir Dina. Rabbi Yirmiya says, yes, we do. Yes, we do. So in a case like this, we tell the sons of Shimon, guys, listen, you got a choice. You got a choice. If you don't want to give, if you don't want to give Suffolk a third of Shimon's estate as, and, and dividing up as an equal brother, that's your prerogative. But just know if you do that, we're going back and reopening then the case of the estate of Ruin. So I will say a fundamental machlokes. So So it must be that this machlokes ultimately again I will say similar to a case of Amon Rabban. I will say this is a great case. Great cases today. This none. Listen to this. Misha halach l'medina sa'eva Abdullah derach sadehu. I will say here's the case. I went overseas. I went overseas. 
Now just, if you can imagine, by the way, I have a field. And it's actually an interesting configuration. My field is landlocked by other fields. Right, so if you can imagine, there are four, right, I have a field in the middle, and there are four fields around my field. So which means that the only way I can access my field is how? Is how? A path, a right of way. Right? I, I, I have, which again is very common, I have a right of way agreement. Right? What's the problem? I went overseas. I went overseas. Probably change of ownership in the surrounding fields. I don't remember where my right of way was. So I come back. I don't remember where my right of way was. So the Gemara says, Sa'admon says, you take the shortest way. We'll see what that means in just, in just a moment. In just a moment. We'll say, take a look at Rashi. My field was encircled by other fields. Ultimately, again, I will say, so we're going to see. So Admon says, the, the people who landlock my field should agree and come up with the ability to give me the shortest path to my field. Again, we'll finish in just a moment. Say, buy a path for a hundred mana or find a way to fly. Now, let's say, now what that means is the Chachamim say is I'm stuck. I'm at a disadvantage because what do I have to do? I have to purchase a right of way. And by the way, how much do I have to pay for that right of way? Whatever they ask. So I, I am at a real disadvantage over here because again, I don't know where the right of way is. No one else knows where the right of way is. So the only way for me to get a right of way is literally again, to purchase it, to purchase it. And again, the expression is either pay whatever they're asking or go fly a kite, right? Chazal's way of saying is learn to fly. In other words, go find a way to fly to your field. You don't have to need a right of way. So it's incredible. So literally again, I, I'm literally stuck because I need a right of way have no real definitive claim on where that right of way was, and therefore I have to pay whatever they ask. Rashi says over here, actually not yet. So and we ask, so I'm sorry, um, Admon, I said according to the Rabbanon, isn't Admon saying good? Otherwise, we're both saying, at the end of the day, see the Havamino we're both saying over here is, that it's one person who owns all four of the surrounding fields, right? So I own the field in the middle, and we'll call them Ruben owns the surrounding fields. So Admon says, Admon essentially says, listen, we'll call him Ruben. You have to give Silver, the interior guy, you gotta give him a right of way. Because we'll say, what does everyone agree on? What does everyone agree on? That there was a right of way. So we'll say the case over here is not that Ruben says you never had a right of way. First of all, it doesn't even make sense. Of course I had a right of way. How's my accessing my field? So no one's coming, I didn't have the right of way. Just Lamaisa again, no one knows where it is. So Admon says, we know that, that, that we, everyone knows that I had a right of way. I also know that where was that right of way? Where was the right of way? On one of Ruben's fields. So Admon says, Ruben, give me a right of way. Get, you, get, you, you, again, now what Ruben has the choice to do, Rabbi says what? What does Ruben have the choice to do? Decide where the right of way is. So that, that he does have a right to do. So in other words, he may give me what's considered to be a more inconvenient right of way, but Lamaisa, he's got to give me a right of way. To which the Gemara says, What's the case? Oh, it's not one owner of all four parcels surrounding the interior one. 
it's four owners. So we'll say, now watch this. This is great. So imagine the scene, right? I come back. I come back from my overseas trip, right? I come back, right? I took an extended Pesach vacation. So I go ahead. I come back a couple of months later, right? I, right? I, don't, I don't remember where my right of way is. I go to Ruvain. I say, Ruvain, you know, you're one of the exterior landowners. I need my right of way. What does Ruvain say? Oh, you should talk to Shimon. Right? And it wasn't my field. Right? I go to Shimon. Right? Shimon says, ah, you know, you should talk to Levi. Right? Go to Levi. Levi says, you should talk to Yehuda. Yehuda says, oh, you know, you should talk to Ruvain. And I will say, technically speaking, every single guy could push me off to the other. Right? Because I don't have, I don't have a defined claim against any of the particular owners. Here's what I know. I know that I have a right of way on one of these four fields. I don't know which field. Every single landowner has the ability to push me off. Ihaki, if that's the case, my time in the Admon, what's Admon's logic? So I will say, when you have a case of four different owners who acquired their parcel from four different people, or even four different people who acquired their parcel from one owner, they could deflect my claim. They could legitimately deflect, deflect my claim. They're saying, we're not arguing that you have a claim. We're just saying your claim is not on our field. Keep This is very interesting. I will say, interestingly enough, the, 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 the Machlokis case is as follows. Let's say one guy, Ruvain, bought all four surrounding parcels from four different owners. Right? So there were four owners of four parcels. Ruvain now bought all of them. So there's one owner all four parcels, I come back from my overseas trip and demand a right of way. So watch this. Get ready for this. So Admon holds that Allah I have a right to say, I have a right to say that ultimately what? That Allah Allah listen, Ruven, you bought all four parcels. I have a right of way on one of your parcels. Give me a right of way. And Admon says, I have a right to demand it. And Ruven has to comply. Reuven has to comply. He could decide where the right of way is, but he has to comply. Reuven says to me, listen, buddy, here's the deal. If you keep your mouth closed, you keep your mouth closed. But if you're going to be difficult, you know what I'm going to do? I'll dissolve the cell. I'll return the parcel to all four owners. And the truth is, you'll have no claim at all. So essentially, essentially, what Reuven has, Reuven has me at a significant disadvantage. Reuven says, sure, I'll give you the right of way, but it's going to cost you. I, I say to Reuven, cost me? Cost me? It's like stealing my wallet and asking me to purchase it back and telling me I'll give you a good deal on it. Right? What are you talking about? What are you, right? What, wait, in other words, what, what are you talking about? I have the right of way. Reuven says, listen, you have a choice. You want to be difficult? Be difficult. But if you are... I'm going to return the four parcels. I'm going to dissolve the sale, return the four parcels to the four owners, and you have no claim. You have no claim. Because remember, again, when it's four owners on both sides, what do the four owners have the ability to do? Right? They could deflect one onto the other, and I'll never get my right of way. He says, or you could deal with me. You're going to pay through the nose, but Lamaisa, you're going to get your parcel back. Now, I will say, I want to be clear. This is not condoned behavior. It's just legal behavior, right? So again, sometimes that which is legal and that which is correct are two different things. But again, Ruben is exploiting the situation and Lamaisa is going to charge me for something that legally is already mine. I will say, what's incredible about this is you can have a legal right 
but you have an inability to execute that right. That's what's happening over here. I have a legal right of way. I just don't have the ability to execute it without actually purchasing the, a right that's already mine from Ruvain. Okay, so I see the idea of here is the Gemara says, Viva Madran Shtada Marayu, Vilomat Slashtoy Dayo Badayo. So I say, says the Gemara, Lema, Rabbi Abba Damar Kirabanon, Virabi Yermia Damar Kianmon. So I say, we're trying to link this case, we're trying to link this case ultimately again to the previous case, which was, which was, Kam Dina or, or Hadr Dina. Now, boss, remember again, let's go back for just a moment. We were dealing with the following case. Shimon passes away. They want to divide up his estate. So Safek says to the sons of Shimon, to the sons of Shimon, we're brothers, let's divide up the estate three ways. What do the sons of Shimon say? What do the sons of Shimon say? You're not our brother. You're not, we like you, but we, we're, you're not our brother, at least not for inheritance purposes. The estate is ours. Ruvain says, so Safek says, what does Safek say? No problem. I'm not your brother. Let's just go back to Bezin and let me go back and then get the rest of my father's estate. Because remember again, I only got 50% of Ruben's estate. Now that you're saying I'm not your brother, let's reopen that. Let me reclaim the 50% that your father, Shimon, took from me. And we'll call it even. So we'll say that's my locus now. Do we go back and reopen previously adjudicated cases? Rav says no. Rabbi Yermia says yes. The Gemara wants to suggest Lima. Rabbi Abba Damakrabanan. So we'll say let's align the two cases. Let's say that Rabbi Abba holds like the Rabbanan. Rabbi Yermias holds like Admon. Rabbi Abba says, I can hold even like Admon. How so? Ad Kamar Admon Hasam Alamishum the Amrlaimanafshah Darki Khad Gabahu. Remember again, I will say the case of the right of way is different because in the case of the right of way, when I return, there is a definitive claim. I will say again, remember the interesting part of the right of way case is what? Is what? No one's arguing on what? That I have one, right? No one's arguing that I have. It's not like anyone's saying, no, you never had a right of way. They're agreeing I have a right of way. Everyone's just deflecting my claim. But I will say, ultimately, again, in this case, it's this case that halacha is a little bit different. In other words, in this case, Safek's claim is really unclear. Remember, again, all of these cases, we don't call them Safek for no reason, right? In other words, that Lamaisa, all of these cases are unclear. It's not a definitive claim. Rabbi Yermia Amr Lacha, Anadamia Fidu Rabban, Rabbi Yermia will say, I hold even Kaj Rabban, and how so? Ad Kamal Kamal Rabban, and Hassam, Ella Mishum, Do Amr Lei Shatak, Shatak. Because we're both saying in this case, remember again, the landowner, Ruvain, right, who owns the now all four parcels, says to me, listen, either keep your mouth closed, or if you don't, if you don't, I'll dissolve the sale, return the parcels to the four owners, and you'll have no claim over anything. And again, I really have no legal recourse against that. Right? There's no legal recourse. So ultimately, I will say, but in this case, in this case, halacha lamaisi, you can't necessarily say that. So therefore, I will say, what we point, just the Gemara's point here is the two cases are not comparable. So I just want to point out, how do, so for, first of all, first of all, in this particular case, in this particular case, how, how do we paskin? So I will say, in the four parcel case, everything is going to depend as to who we're talking about. In other words, are we talking about four owners, or are we talking about one owner? We're not going to descend into the, into the halacha lamaisa of that case, but it is a fascinating one because it represents a case where someone could have a legal entitlement 
but yet is unable to execute that legal entitlement without potentially buying that which they already own, which is, which is fascinating. And by the way, it's totally legal. It's totally, it's, it's a totally legal setup. Again, a shtickle of extortion, right? right? It's definitely a little bit of extortion over here. But, but Lamaisa, I don't know if you could say legal extortion because I think that's an oxymoron, right? But Lamaisa, sometimes legally you do have the ability to take advantage of people. Certainly not the moral thing to do, but Lamaisa, the legal thing to do. I will say, but what I do want to point out is how do we paskin in that case of Rava versus Rabirmia? How does Rabo say, do we reopen, do we reopen cases once they've been settled and based in or not. So I'll say, what I do want to point out is, this also depends sometimes on what kind of case. Like for example, in capital cases, right? In capital cases, Salah if a Beisdin found someone liable to a death penalty and they're taking him out to execute him and witnesses run up and they say, no, we have proof as to his innocence, we'll go back, we'll go back and reopen that. Conversely, by the way, if Basin decided that he's innocent and witnesses then show up and say, we have proof to his guilt, we don't open it up. What about in Yerusha, right? What about in this particular case over here, where remember again, Shimon dies, right? Sons of Shimon are saying, you're not our brother. Suffolk says, no problem. If you're not our brother, if I'm not your brother, then give me back 50, other 50% of my father's estate. So what happens in that case? I will say, the Rambam Paskins like Rav, Kamdino, Kamdino. We do not reopen the case. In other words, once Shimon's estate, sorry, once Ruvain's estate has been dealt with, it's done. It's done. And any further disputes between Safek and sons of Shimon are kind of looked at at their own lens. Now, I will say, the resolution to all of these cases is going to be how? It's going to be now. Again, remember, this case of, the, of this, this is going to be Mamun Amotobo Safek. We're going to be Kholik. We're going to split. But Lamaisa, the way we paskin is once the estate has been settled, we do not go ahead and reopen it. I will say, it's also, a, um, it's also an incredible metaphor for life. How sometimes in life, once something is done, you have to learn to move on. You have to learn to move on. You can't reopen, sometimes it's human nature, to kind of consistently look back and reopen things. Now, is it good to kind of be a retrospective type of person and look back in life to contemplate the things that have occurred? And the answer, of course, is yes. But Lamaisa, at a certain point in time, you have to move on. You have to move on. This is true when we look at our own failures. You know, sometimes people become so obsessed with their failures and their wrong turns in life, that it's all they can focus on. And when your past is the only thing you could focus on, then what? Then the mice, again, you can never build your future. You know, I once saw a beautiful marshal. I think I've quoted this before, but a beautiful, beautiful marshal. It's kind of like, if you can imagine when you're driving, when you're driving, so you have to check your rear view mirror, right? You always have to check your rear view, what's, what's going on behind you. But if the entire time that you're driving, all you do is look in your rear view mirror, you're going to get into an accident because you cannot go ahead and drive forward if all you're focused on is the rear view mirror. And it's an incredibly important metaphor for life. Do you have to check through that? Do you have to learn from your past? Of course. Do you have to grow from your past? Of course. Do you have to remember the mistakes of your past? A hundred percent. Because like I said, that's how I grow. But I can't become stuck in my past, right? And I can't constantly reopen the past. And I can't constantly agonize over the past. We paskin both in halacha and hashkafa come dina. Once the case is settled, it's 
done and time to move on. Incredible. So we'll say, let's go back there. More cases. Suffolk v'yavam sheba olachlok b'nechsei sava. This is great, by the way. We'll say, this is a family that argues a lot over money. I just want to point that out. So now listen to this case. So now this is Suffolk, Suffolk, and Shimon. I remember again, I both say, what's the relationship between Suffolk and Shimon? What's their relationship? We're not sure. Shimon is either what? Suffolk's father, right? Or uncle. Right, right, son or nephew, right, good. So I'll say, so, that, that's, so that's relationship, we don't know. So now watch this, I'm sorry. Do you know, so, so, be, so again, it'd be always interesting to see today, we could probably resolve these things relatively quickly. But Lamais, again, the Gemara, they couldn't, of course. So we'll say, now listen to this. So now what happens in this case, in this case, the Zayda passes away. We'll call him Yaakov, right? So now Yaakov passes away. So remember again, Yaakov, Yaakov was Reuven and Shimon's father. So now Yaakov passes away, watch this. So now, what happens? Suffolk, Amar Haigad, Rabbi Minsuhu, Barbar Misnuhu, Upalga Didi, Upalga Didihu. So we say, now watch this. Suffolk, what's Suffolk? What does Suffolk claim? Suffolk claims, I'm Ruvain's son. As Ruvain's son, right? Yaakov had two sons, Ruvain and Shimon. As Ruvain's son, I am entitled to what? 50%, right? My father's portion of Yaakov's estate. So Yavam Amar, Yavam and Shimon says, At Barai Didiat, Veles Midi. Ultimately, again, Shimon says, you're not Ruben's son, you're my son. And as such, what entitlement do you have? What entitlement do you have in Yaakov's estate? And the answer is zero. Zero. So we'll say, what's that lacha? So now this is an interesting case. Yavam vadai. So have a yavam vadai. The suffix suffix. So we'll say, in this case, they don't have equal claims. Why? What do we know definitively? What do we know definitively? That Shimon is Yaakov's son. That we know bevados. Right? Suffix, suffix. We don't really know whose son he is. So I will say, you have a case of a Suffolk and a Vadai, right? In this case, Shimon is a Vadai. Shimon is definitely Yaakov's son. Suffolk, right? Suffolk maybe is Ruven's son, maybe is Shimon's son. So what's Talach? I will say, in this case, Yavam, Shimon gets everything. Why? Because in Suffolk, Motsi Midei Vadai. So I will say, which makes sense. Because in this case, I was to see, up until now, we've been dealing with both parties have kind of um, possible claims, but no one has a definitive claim. In this case, Shimon has a definitive claim. He is definitely the son of Yaakov, and Suffolk cannot make any definitive claim. Therefore, again, Shimon inherits everything. Incredible. Suffolk, so we'll say now, in this case over here, what happened? So we'll say, in this case, Shimon passed away before his father Yaakov. And now Yaakov passes away. So who's coming along? The sons of Shimon, the sons of Shimon, sons of Shimon and Suffolk. And they're coming now to distribute or to divide the estate of the Zayda of Yaakov. So what happened? Suffolk, so Suffolk says, I'm Reuven's son, I'm Reuven's son. And therefore I'm entitled to 50% of the estate from, from Yaakov. So the Gemara says, Right, so I'm sorry. So we'll say, what do the brothers say? Right, what do the sons of Shimon say? The sons of Shimon say, no, 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 you're our brother. It's incredible, we'll say, right, how suddenly the, the Achtos comes out. Right, you're our brother. Right, you're our brother. Now we'll say, why? Because remember, if he's not their brother, right, if he's not their, if, 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 if Suffolk is Reuben's son, that means Suffolk gets 50%. And there's only 50% left for the two sons of Shimon to divide. Versus, versus, if what? If they're all three brothers, 
all three of them get a third. All three of them get a third. So suddenly again, the sons of Shimon, the sons of Shimon say to Savi, no, you're our brother. We've always been so close, right? We love you, our brother, and let's all inherit together. So say, now watch this. How do we deal with this? This is fascinating. Paul good to come shakli. So ultimately, again, I will say, so listen to this. So since, since from Suffolk's claim, from, right, from Suffolk's perspective, Suffolk is moda that 50% of Yaakov's estate goes to Shimon's sons. Right, he's moda on that because he's thinking that he's Reuven's son. Right, as Reuven's as Reuven's son, he gets fifty percent of Yaakov's estate. Shimon's sons should get fifty percent. So, on the fifty percent that he's moda, that goes to the sons of Shimon. Right, they go to Shakli. Shakli, I'm sorry. Uh, um, I'm sorry. Bahadon palga de kamodilhu Shakli tilsa de kamodilei Shakil. So, say, listen to this. So, Safek is moda. That 50% of the estate goes to the sons of Shimon. They take that portion. The sons of Shimon are moda that what? One third of the estate goes to Suffolk. He takes that. So how much is left? Pashlu Danga. Ultimately, there's one sixth of the estate, therefore, that's unaccounted for. So we'll say that remaining sixth ultimately again is considered to be which means that doesn't have a clear owner. No one has a clear legitimate claim to it. And what do we do with that? We split it. We split it. So we'll say this case is interesting. Why is this case interesting? Because in this case, each side is being moda that the other side is entitled to something. So because of that, what we do is, okay, if you admit that the other side is entitled, each side gets what the other side agrees to, and the rest, they go ahead and they split. Incredible. Last case, Suffolk, V'yavam B'nichsei Suffolk, O Sabah V'Suffolk B'nichsei Yavam. Listen to this case, Shabbosei. In this case over here, Sabah this is wild. Shabbosei, in this case over here, Suffolk passed away. Suffolk passed away. Who's coming to divide up Suffolk's estate? The grandfather, right? The grandfather Yaakov and Shimon. Now I will say they have, comp- or for that matter, Saba v'Suffolk v'Nichsayavam. Or I will say for that matter, the grandfather Yaakov, the grandfather Yaakov and the Suffolk, right? The Suffolk are coming to divide up in the estate of Shimon. Now I will say in this case, remember, in, in case in the in the first case of this, remember again, you have Saba v'Yavam v'Nichsay Suffolk. So I will say in this case over here. Yaakov would claim, Yaakov would claim that what? That Lamaisa, that Lamaisa, Safik was the son of Reuven. Reuven has no other inheritors. Who does it go to? It goes to the father, right? Shimon would be claiming that ultimately Safik was my son, and therefore the inheritance comes to me. In the second case, Sabah the Safik Benich Seyavam, ultimately grandfather would claim that Safik was the son of Reuven, and ultimately again, and, and Suffolk would claim that he's the son of Shimon, he should inherit. So I'll say each one is claiming the full inheritance. So the Gemara says, So I'll say, as you begin to see, most of these, claims, most of these cases, everyone's coming with this, a, a, a claim of similar strength, right? They're both coming with quote-unquote legitimate claims. What do we do when two parties both come with legitimate claims to the same pot of money? What do we do? Cholkin. Cholkin, we split it. Now, I'll say, what I do want to point out is there are some times where people come with competing claims 
and you can't determine the veracity of either side, we also have a concept of We have a concept of kind of putting money in based in escrow until Eliyahu Hanavi comes, which is another way of saying until we can figure out what to do with it. I'll just point out that is another bad, that is another potential, you know, resolution, uh, me- mechanism of resolu- res- resolution mechanism. Here, here, what I will point out is we're saying everybody has a legitimate claim. There's no way for us to determine who is correct. Cholkin, Cholkin, the exception to that, what I will say is going to be the case where each side is moda, that the other side is entitled to something. In that case, halacha lemaisa, everyone gets what the other side agrees they're entitled to. Incredible. I'll say, what a great case. Great case. Great case is Mishnah. Shomer Siyavim, Shonaf, Lonechasim. I'll say, very interesting case. So watch this. You have a Shomer Siyavim. So I'll say, same, same situation, right? Reuven and Shimon, two brothers. Reuven passes away, leaves behind the widow, Rachel. Let's say while Rachel is waiting for Shimon. No, she's not pregnant. She's not pregnant. There's nothing, right? Just a straight, good old Yibum, right? So I'll say, now, in this case over here, She's waiting for Shimon to do Yibam or Chalitza. And what happened? She inherits property or she acquires property. Right? Now, Naflula, Rashi says, Me'aviha. Now, Naflula usually is a Lashon of Yerusha. Usually it's a Lashon ultimately of inheritance. So in this case over here, let's say her father passes away. She inherits property. So we'll say, now what's going to be the Shaila? What's going to be the Shaila? So who has rights over this property? So listen to this. Modim Beisham Beisel Shemacheres on Osenes. Beisham Beisel both agree she is the sole owner of that property. Even though I both say again, remember what's driving this? What's driving this? How do we pass him? Yesh Zeka. Right? There's a Zeka. So there is some type of marital bond that exists between her and Shimon. Nevertheless, when she's waiting for Yibum, any property she acquires is hers and hers alone. Vaharaya, she could buy, she could sell, she could do whatever she wants. Mesa, here's what's interesting. What happens if she passes away? What happens if she passes away? So what is asking over here is, what happens if she passes away while waiting for Yibum? Right, so now again, nothing happens. She's a Shomera Selim. There's a Zeka to Shimon. She passes away. What's the Shaila when she passes away? What's the Shaila? Who inherits her? So the Gemara says, listen to this. Now we'll say, now there are two things. When she passes away, when Rachel passes away, there are two buckets of money. Number one is her Ksuva, right? And, and number two is property she brought into the marriage. And I will say, we're not getting into this now. Rashi gets into this. But there are two different types of property that she brings into the marriage. There's nichsei melog, nichsei tzon barzel. So we'll say, again, without getting into the... The, 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 the distinction between them is, is immaterial for us right now. The point over here is, halacha what happens to her property? So it says the Gemara, Beishamai omrim yachloku av. Beishamai says, we split... We split. Rashi says, The inheritors of the husband go ahead and split it with the inheritors of a father. Now, we'll say, now, what that means is like this. Look at Rashi. So, so listen to this. So Beishamai says as follows. Beishamai says, essentially, she's bound to two different parties. She's bound to the Yavam. She's bound to the Yavam in some, in some way. 
and she's also bound to her family. So therefore, what does Beis Shammai say? We split. We split, or I should say, Yarshe Habal means the Yavam, right? And ultimately, again, Yarshe Av means her family. Her family. So we go ahead and we split up her possessions between her family and the Yavam's family. Obeisil Obeisil says, Nechasin Becheskas. Obeisil says, No. What we do is we keep property in the Chazaka it was in. Meaning what? So the Gemara says, Ksuva Becheskas Yarsheabal. So we'll say, In general, who does a Ksuva rest with? Right? Liability for a Ksuva and the property to secure a Ksuva rests with her husband's family. Right? And ultimately, Nechasim Hanichnasim Viyotsinima Becheskas Yarshehaav. Versus her property stays with her family. So essentially what Basil says is keep excuse me, keep everything with whoever has the chazaka on it. So ksuva is paid from husband's property. Therefore, again, ksuva property should stay ksuva should stay with the husband's family. Right? Her property that she brought into the marriage should stay with her family. To which the Gemara says, Kinsa, once Yibum happens, Harihiki Ishto the Ultimately, again, they're like a regular married couple. Obilvat should take suva on nichseh baila harishon. So I will say, this is actually quite fascinating. Halacha lamaisa, what we say is like this. Once Shimon and Rachel do yibum, they have a regular marriage, a fully regular marriage. There's only one unique, unique difference in their marriage is that Rachel's suva, right? Remember again, I will say, when you do yibum, so Shimon doesn't have to write a new suva. Right, just like Shimon doesn't have to do another act of Kiddushin. Why? Because the way we view Yibum is how? Almost like an extension of Ruvain's marriage. So we'll say because of that legally, Rachel's Ksuva is not from Shimon's estate. Who is Rachel's Ksuva from? Ruvain's estate. And this is incredibly important because we'll say normally when you get married, everything and anything you own is encumbered. Everything and anything you own is encumbered. And I will say, that's not just like a metaphorical statement, that's a legal statement. That's in the Ksuba. This is what was unique. There is no other lien that exists in halacha like the lien of a Ksuba. Because the lien of a Ksuba devolves upon everything movable property, real property, everything. Nothing else in halacha exists like this. So what's unique is when Shimon does Yibum, his property remains unencumbered to the Ksuvah. I both say this is very important, like legally, like halachically, it's very important because generally they both say when you're buying real estate, you're buying anything from someone, what do you look for? What do you look for? Liens and encumbrances. So generally, by the way, when you buy property from a married man, just understand there is a lien against that. There's a Ksuvah lien against that. The beautiful part, a beautiful part, Shimon's property is totally unencumbered because Rachel's ksuva is against Ruvain's estate, not his. Beautiful. To which the Gemara says, Maishna Reisha Dolopligi, Umaishna Sefi Dolopligi. I'll say, why is it in the first case where Rachel, when she's waiting for Yibum, and let's say her father passes away and she inherits, no one disagrees, no one disagrees that Halak Lamaishna, she can do whatever she wants with the property. Yet, yet, in the case, ultimately, where she passes away, suddenly there's a machlokas that how to dispose of her property, right? Machlokas is silo. Why is there no machlokas in the reisha? Amar Ula, reisha dinafla kishi arusa, seifa dinafla kishi nesua. So Ula says something very interesting. Ula says the first case in the Mishnah was where ultimately, again, she was widowed from Arison. She was widowed from Arison. So because ultimately, again, she was widowed from Arison, sahalacha lamaisa, again, 
Halacha a husband never gains rights in his wife's property until Nisuin anyway. Right? So we spoke about the idea that even if wife retains title, husband gets peros, gets usage. Those rights only come about in Nisuin. We're talking about in the Reisha case where she became a widow from Arison. In which case, Ruvain never had rights in her property. So, of course, now when she's waiting for Yibum, she felt Yibum from the state of Erisin, the Yavam has no rights in her property either. That's why whatever she gets, whatever she buys, sells, is all totally legal. The Seifa, on the other hand, when she passed away, she had passed away, she had already, she was widowed from a state of Nisuin. So she was coming off a state of marriage already where her husband had entitlements in her property. Ula, Zekas Arusa. Osa Safek Arusa, Zekas Amadez, Zekas Nisua, Osa Safek Nisua. So Osa, so the idea over here is, and this is quite fascinating, Ula says, Ula says that essentially, this is fascinating, Zika mirrors the state of marriage. So in other words, if a woman was married, if a woman only had Arisin, let's say Rachel had Arisin with Ruvain, and then she was widowed. So kind of like, so now she has a Suffolk Arison Zika with Shimon. If she was widowed ultimately from Nisuin, she has a Suffolk Nisuin Zika with Shimon. That was like, the Lushan of Suffolk just means Zika only, pres- only creates, we've seen this many times before, Zika only creates like a partial marital bond. The way we're calling that partial marital bond is we're calling that what? We're calling that a Suffolk. We're calling that a suffix. Good. Calling that a suffix. So what's the other base? I'm sorry. So the Gemara says suffix. So the Gemara says zikas suffix suffix nisua osa suffix nisua zikas arusa osa suffix arusa. So we'll say ultimately again, it's very interesting. So therefore, when a woman when a woman is widowed from erusin, so that means the zika. So right. So let's say again, Shimon died. Sorry, Reuven died after doing erusin with Rachel. Rachel now falls to Shimon in Yibum. That Zika that she has with Shimon is only a Zika that's equivalent of Arison, right? So Zika's Arison, and I will say the ramification of that, that Zika essentially creates like a state of Suffolk Arison. Suffolk Arison. Watch this. So ultimately, again, because Halacha, if you would say that it creates a Vada case of Arison, would Basilil agree that she has the right to go ahead and sell property? Vatanan, we learned. In general case, if let's say, in regular case of marriage, Ruvain did Arison with Rachel, and now Rachel inherits property. Beishama says during Arison she has the right to sell property. Basil says she doesn't have the right to sell property. And Elu ve'elu modim, Elu ve'elu modim, both agree. Shemachra v'nasna kayum, that if she went ahead and she did sell property, then what? It works. But I will say, but what do you see from here? El shvamina zekas arusa, osa safek arusa. Then I will say, so this is very important. So let, let's just take a step back over here. So here's what's happening. The way we're framing, I will say, remember again, what was the first case in the Mishnah? First case in the Mishnah was, Ruvain passes away, Ruvain passes away, leaves behind a wife, no children, Rachel. Rachel now, and, and a surviving brother, Shimon. So now what's happened? Rachel's gonna do Yibam with Shimon, but nothing's happened yet. She's what's called a Shomeres Yavam. In this state, meanwhile, what's occurred? What's occurred? Her father passed away. Rachel's father passed away. Let's say she's the only child. She is the sole inheritor. So she, Baruch Hashem, now inherits the entire estate. She decides, you know what? I wanna sell off the property. She sells off the property. 
Okay? The Mishnah says, fine, Beishah Beishah will agree, what she did is no problem. No problem. To which the Gemara says, okay, so why, why is that? Why is that? So what the Gemara suggests is as follows. So first of all, the way we set up the case is, Rachel was widowed from Arison. From Arison. And now, Bosei, essentially what we're suge- what Ulu's suggesting is that Zika mirrors, a, or I should say Zika, Zika is a watered-down state, a weaker state of the marriage from which the woman emerged. Okay, watch this. In other words, that Allah if Rachel was widowed from Arison, so the Zika essentially creates a state of what we'll call Suffolk Arison. Suffolk Arison. Then I will say not Vada Arison, Suffolk Arison. So whatever a woman could do in a state of Suffolk Arison, and whatever would be binding in a state of Suffolk Arison, is binding when she's a Shomeres Yavam for that type of Zika of, of Arison as well. So Zika's Arison, essentially, I will say, so again, so therefore, Halacha Lamaisa, in a case of Suffolk Arison, if a woman were to sell off property, the sale would be binding. Therefore, in this case over here, which is a Shomeras Yavam, from a marriage of Erisin, the transaction is binding. But I both say what Ula is teaching us is a very profound Yisot, which is Zika mirrors the stage of marriage from which she was widowed, but the Zika is a weaker state of that marriage. So if she was widowed from Erisin, the Zika is a watered down form, what we call a lesser, a weaker form of Arison. She's widowed from Nisuin, and let's, let's go into that case now. So the says, Zekas Nisua also Safek Nisua. Similarly, again, I will say, if she's widowed from Nisuin, if she's widowed from Nisuin, ultimately, again, therefore, when she's a Shomeres Yavam, that Zeka is, is like a Zeka of a Safek Nisuin. How do we know this? These sounds like Chabadai Nisua, because ultimately, I will say, if you held, that a woman who came out of a Nisuan marriage and now is in a state of Zika, if you say that that Zika creates Vadai Nisuan, would Beishamai say that in the case where she dies, the inheritors of her husband and, and her family should split the estate? Fatanan, we learned, if woman inherits property after she got married, Everyone agrees. Shemachra v'nasna that if she sold the property, shabal motzi miad lekuchos. Sirabosay during marriage, a husband has peros, has usage rights over property, and therefore, if a wife unilaterally unilaterally sells property during the marriage, a husband has a right to what? Come back and extract it and take it back. Sirabosay, the fact that the Mishnah says. That in the case where she passes away, right? Again, she was widowed from Nisuin. She's now waiting for Yibom. Now she passes away. What does Beis Shammai say? Beis Shammai says, split the estate. Split the estate. The fact that they're saying split the estate tells us that what? That ultimately it's Suffolk Nisuin. Because if it was Vadai Nisuin, Beis Shammai would say there's a sole inheritor. Who's a sole inheritor? The husband's family. Rather, what do you see from here? That the Zika of Nisuin creates ultimately again a state of Suffolk Nisuin. So I will say, a really important Yisod that Ula is conveying to us. Number one, Zika, Zika mirrors the actual state from which... Zika is a lesser form of the state. state. Zika is a lesser form, a weaker form of the stage of marriage from which she was widowed. So therefore, again, if she was widowed from Arison, 
Zika is a weaker form of Aresin. What we call the weaker form is what? Safek. If she was widowed from Nisuin, Zika is a weaker form of Nisuin. And that's what's unfolding in our Mishnah. That's what's unfolding in our Mishnah. So for example, when a woman is in a Vadai state of Aresin, Vadai state of Aresin, if she were to inherit property, right? And she were to come and ask us, can I sell this property? We would tell her what? We would tell her what? No. Basil says, no, you should not go ahead and sell it. Ex post facto, if she sold it, does the sale work? And the answer is, yes. Yes, it works. In this case over here, because the Zika, when she's widowed from Aresin, now she's in a Zika state, the Zika is a lesser form of Aresin. That lesser form of Aresin allows her to do what? Proactively sell property as she wants. Good, incredible. So I'm going to say, Amalei Rabbah. Rabbah says, well, that's the case. Instead of going and arguing about her, about literally, again, her death and what we do with her estate after she dies, why don't you go ahead and argue about a case where she's still alive, she's still alive, and ultimately, again, the argument is regarding peros, regarding usage, to which the Gemara says, So we'll say, Rabbah wants to suggest no. Rabbah disagrees with Ula. Rabbah says both cases in the Mishnah, the Reisha and the Seva are talking about a case of a woman who was widowed from the Suin. Now watch this. This is Interestingly enough, he's going to agree with Mula's principle, which is Zika creates a weakened form of the stage of marriage from which she was widowed. Namely, so if she was widowed from the Suin, ultimately, again, Zika creates a weaker form of Nisuin. Now watch this. Reisha so I'll say, in the ratio where she's alive, so remember again, she's a vada, he's a suffix. Meaning what? That will say again, she's a vada that she owns the property, he's a suffix. Remember, why is he a suffix? Because again, remember, Zika creates a case, a state of suffix nisuin. And therefore again, even though we would tell her, don't sell the property, if she did, she has the right. Why? Ain't suffix mozimi de vada. Ultimately, again, because she has the definitive claim, he only has the suffix claim. Seifa de Mesa, in the second case of the Mishnah where she passed away, each side, the husband's family and quote unquote her father's family, i.e., her family, have equal claim, and therefore the only way to deal with that case is how? Yachloko, we split it. So I just want to point out, all, the, all that Rabbah is doing over here, all the Rabbah is doing, Rabbah is not disagreeing with Ula's principle. Namely that what? That Zika is a weaker form of the stage of marriage from which she was widowed. He's not disagreeing with that principle. He's only, he's only disagreeing about how Ula framed the cases. Ula framed the Reisha as talking about where she was widowed from Erisin, safe as she was widowed from Nisuin, and all Ula is saying is that, no, they're both Nisuin. Is that true? That according to Beishamai, ultimately a Suffolk cannot be Motsi from a Vadai? In other words, that if there's two claims, one is a Suffolk, one is a Vadai, that the Vadai always wins. Vatra also listen to this case. I love Vahayu, I love Ksuvas Isha, Ubalchov. 
Rabbi said, listen to this fascinating case. Let's say a house fell. A house fell. Rabbi said, you know what, actually, we're going to stop over here for today. We'll pick, oh my gosh, a lot to do tomorrow. Okay. We're going to start Amir Hashem again tomorrow at 5.45. Tomorrow we're going to catch up. It's going to be a catch up day tomorrow before Yom Tiv. Amir Hashem. Rabbi said, we'll get to this next case. But again, just understand, now we're going we're gonna to transition into the case of Suffolk Motsi Midei Vadai. That ultimately, again, can a Suffolk claim go ahead and override a Vadai claim? Fascinating again for Yibum or for this case Shomer Siaba. Also fascinating in general in, in these in these legal cases. Pick up here tomorrow. Have a good day, everyone. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Dr. Grant. Have a great day. Ah, Jerry made my day. Jerry, move to the side for a second. Just move to the side. I just want to see. Ah, Mamish. Ah, okay. At least I can see you. Ah. Thank you. Thank you. What time is it? Uh, he needs people now? Now? Seven o'clock. Yeah,